Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board certified internist founder of drbearpierre.com, as well as the CEO of Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself with better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, affirmation, and education. This week, we bring you another amazing guest, Tammy Flynn, uh, who is one who I've actually been a guest on the podcast a few times, uh, so I am excited to be able to kind of return the favor. And she is one who I really wanted to get on to talk about the aspect of the importance of a caregiver and really just kind of seeing the amount of growth that Tammy has done over the past couple of years since I've been following her has been absolutely, truly amazing because you could tell in her heart, um, her goal is to really empower others, right? Especially those uh, who may have mental disabilities, medical disabilities to get them to that next level, right? So I'm definitely excited for uh, today's guest. I want to read a quick little bio of hers. Um, she's a networker, motivator, a change maker, serial entrepreneur, advocate, and philanthropist who never stops. She is passionate about helping individuals find a voice as a champion for their loved ones, especially within the medical and educational uh, systems. Um, as a single mother of four, Tammy has been a caregiver for more than two decades uh, and has recently redesigned her business and her life to continue caring for her adult son with special needs. Pulling from decades of experience as a caregiver business owner, she formed the On Air Advocate, uh, to educate, support, and empower all those with different abilities, mental and medical illnesses, and their caregivers. Uh, since she started her career at the age of 15, Tammy has launched and run more than four businesses. Absolutely amazing. Uh, including direct sales, beauty products, a salon, a spa, and an events company. Uh, she is a committed volunteer. You know we love volunteers here on the Lynch Learning Community. Um, she has tirelessly helped raise more than half a million dollars for the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin and Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, Tammy Flynn's organizational talents, energy, and resourcefulness have brought recognition from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the state of Wisconsin, a radio, radio, radio station 99WMYX, the, the county of Waukesha City of New Berlin, and Brookfield Chamber of Commerce. Ladies and gentlemen, please, um, you know, you know, take the time out uh, and uh, get ready for another amazing episode here with Tammy Flynn on the Lunch Learn with Dr. Barry. This podcast is sponsored by the Lunch and Learn Community Merchandise Store, living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. At the store, you can get your favorite t-shirts, coffee mugs, even wristbands, and more. For a limited time, you can get 10% off your next purchase using the coupon code EMPOWER10. That's EMPOWER10, E-M-P-O-W-E-R-10. Just go to shop.drbayerpr.com to pick up your purchase and get 10% off today. And remember, 50% of your purchases will be donated to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation, a nonprofit organization for high school students. All right, Lunch and Learn community, just heard another amazing introduction for a podcast guest that I've been waiting to get on the show, guys. You know, I love highlighting people who are doing amazing things. And this week is no different. Uh, Tammy Flynn, you, you heard the bio. Um, Tammy, uh, thank you for coming on to the Lunch and Learn uh, this oh, week, Dr. Barry. Thank you for having me. I've been waiting too. I just had to get well enough. Caring for the caregiver, remember? <laughs> and, and, and I think that's what's so important. And we're going to talk about that during this episode, right? Because a lot of times when we are the caregiver, when we're the ones taking care of people, a lot of times we kind of put ourselves in the back burner. Uh, so I was, I was definitely, I was definitely happy that you realized like, no, I need to make sure like I am right for myself so I can, you know, give you the best interview I can. Right, exactly. <laughs> so for those who sped through your bio, sped through the introduction, um, and, you know, they, they read it, they, you know, they kind of outside, like, who is Tammy, right? Like, who is Tammy? So tell them something that may not even be in your bio, but you want people to walk away from this episode knowing. Who is Tammy Flynn? Well, I always like to say that I'm the proud mother of four. I know, I think it says that in my bio. I don't know if it tells you that I'm the grandmother of one. So I'm a very proud grandma of a five-year-old grandson. I am a serial entrepreneur, but over the years, I like to kind of say I'm also a caregiverpreneur. 
I don't know that that's, oh, I, think I, that's I love, I love that term. Enough a caregiverpreneur because, you know, um, trying to work around um, being a daily caregiver, but also trying to still attain my goals and give back and do all those things. Definitely a lover of Jesus. So I feel like, you know, um, if God brings you to it, he will bring you through it. And um, hmm, something else. I love blueberries. I love it. It, it doesn't <laughs> Oh, and I'm like a global advocate. I would say, like I used to say, like, you know, I do advocacy. I'm an advocate. But as you know, with on my platform, you know, all the way from Kenya, Africa to the UK, you know, people that I'm talking to um, globally around the world, I would really say that I'm more of a global advocate now. Perfect. We, we, love, we love that aspect because, again, when we're talking about empowerment, when we're talking about health, uh, it, it isn't local. Right. It's 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 amazing, you know, when you just go to the different locales and just kind of see how health, mental health, wellness, everything is affected, just depending on the location you're at. Uh, And but at the end of the day, when you have that that common theme, that common goal of, you know, wanting to uplift, wanting to empower, uh, it's such an amazing thing. And 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 that's why, again, just to kind of lead into a segue wise. Um, let's talk about your mission, right? Like we're, we're going to talk about on air advocate, but like, of course, those who don't know on definitely check out that website. Um, again, link will be in the show notes, but like I was, I was very drawn by your mission, right? Like, let's talk about it. Like just in general. My mission away from the on-air advocate is always to be the change that we wish to see in the world. That's one of my favorite quotes from Gandhi. And so before I started the on-air advocate, I know in my bio, it doesn't go heavily, you know, into it, but during, I I am a mother of four and the, and within my four kids, my, one of my sons does have different abilities as well as chronic medical illness. And so years ago, I had the opportunity to more engage um, within my community and actually attend events, put on events, become um, a huge part of putting on our charity events in our city of Milwaukee and all of those kinds of things. Um, but as my son has aged and he has graduated out of school, which we can talk about um, kind of that issue later, I had that, that space that he was at school and he was safe from 8 a.m. in the morning to 3 p.m. in the afternoon, which led me, which gave me the opportunity to be able to physically be there giving back. So whether that was, um, you know, at fundraisers, charity events, hands-on things at the hospital, I could be there and do that and really use my God-given talents to touch others and really advocate for our community. Well, now that he's graduated from school, uh, I do not have the opportunity to be out in the community as much as I did before. And so... I really sat back as he got into his 20s and school was going to be no more a thing. And as we know, there is that huge detrimental disparity after kids age out of school of nothing to do. And so many parents end up becoming retirees in a way and, and staying home with their young adults. I decided that I wanted to create a platform that I could give the same amount of energy that I used to give to my thousands and thousands of people events mm. and you know, giving back and sharing within my community physically. I wanted to be able to give that back virtually or, you know, online to do it in the way that I could. So um, that's kind of how the on-air advocate was born is I was trying to figure out This was my mission before really was to touch, you know, so many people, empower others to take hold of their communities, to take hold of the things that they need to be using their voices for. But I was there more in that physical form of preaching that, you know, and actively doing it. And now it's more on that online platform. You know, it's interesting. I think it's it's interesting because my me and my wife we talk about this all the time as well too. Uh, My daughter, uh, who's autistic, she's she's only seven years old. Uh, but we also talk about the fact that, you know, once she turns 18, we know a lot of the services and programs uh, mm-hmm. that are set up, right? Essentially kind of like hard stop. Why? Mm-hmm. It's a bit, no clue, right? But it's such a hard stop. And we're we're actually thinking about that now, right? Like imagine 11 years right. having to think like, all right, in 11 years, we got to worry about the fact that she's not going to have these services. She's not going to have these outlets. She's not going to have, you know, these ways to be able to cope how we want her to cope. And we are going to have to take more of an active role when that time comes. So I, I'm, I'm glad that you kind of share that same sentiment and understood that like, 
I, I, I need to do something right. and, and I need to be able to like still kind of reach out and, and really kind of touch the masses with you, which you've been, like I said, doing an amazing job, uh, lunch well, community. Um, and to speak to what you said about, you know, your daughter, I now try to empower parents. Do not even wait till your young adult is 18. Don't wait till they're 17. Don't wait till they're 16. I wish I would have known what I know now. You know, I thought if I gave myself three years, you know, I am a rocker and a roller. I can figure this out in three years, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I didn't really realize when they said that there was about this much for opportunity after these young adults graduate. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it was about 1%. I didn't realize that the average person with intellectual disabilities works less than 2%, 2% of them work, you know? Oh, um, wow. Then we talk about those with mobility issues and, you know, less than 15%. You know, I mean, the numbers are astonishing. And, you know, you think there's community services. You'd think there would be camps. You'd think, you know what I'm saying? There would be outlets, that there would be classes. And basically it goes from all of these services, you have all these things to nothing. Um, and so I now, and you know, I really, really, um, tell parents to, you know, use their voice, start thinking, make their personal parent map at about the age of 14. And it's not for your child. Mm. I would say you should make your parent map for you because what you need to figure out is, do I have a job that's flexible that I can work from home? Can my wife or am I a single parent? Is it just one income? Can my wife or I stop working? You know, because at the end of the day, if your child becomes a young adult, they graduate, but there's nowhere for them to be more than four hours a week. You're then the the care provider. Right. Yeah, and that's, that's a huge aspect. And I love that. So can we talk a little bit about what, what a parent map is? Because like, that, that's a very interesting concept. And I love that. You're just like 14. Okay, that's... Yeah. Like by the age of 14, I would say that you need to just, you need to lay out what's your financial situation. Do you guys have savings? You know, are you guys going to be moving? Or are you going to be moving to a different state? Like what is your, mm. your significant other, you, you know, your, your wife's outlook look like, or if you're a single parent, who is your support system? So, you know, take yourself here. Okay. So do I have a mom? Is there a grandma? Is there a friend? But then you also should look at on your map, are they sick? Do they have health conditions? Are they planning on moving? Because by the time your child becomes 21, you know, the person that might've been your support may no longer be there because the, the mix into this equation is most mm, well, then you're very going, real, very real. And you're going to hire respite workers, right? You're going to hire a caregiver, right? That's what you're going to do with the money that you get from SSI or the money that you get from other outside resources in your state. But there's a national caregiver shortage. So you're not going to find a caregiver. You know, you need to, you need to be really cognizant unless you are paying them double the amount out of pocket or unless you have personally someone, a cousin, a friend, someone that is in your circle that would become that caregiver, um, it's really pretty difficult. In our state right now for our, um, our independent living centers, if you need a caregiver, okay, they will pay them out, but you have to bring the caregiver you need. So oh wow! So you have to. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll I'll cut the check, but like you have to bring somebody who. I, wow. Yes, you have to bring somebody who can pass. You know what I'm saying? Any OSHA training and all that kind of stuff. You have to bring the person. But but you know obviously like if somebody moved to Wisconsin right now right and they have no family here they have no support system okay where are they finding somebody to bring right so then they become you know, the caregiver, you know, and it's just, it's this cycle. And I, you know, that's a whole, that could be like a whole nother podcast of, of the breakdown after this age of 21. And then you have all these young adults that are graduating with, you know, not having quality of life, not having self-worth and you know where they all are. They're at home. So people think, well, I don't see them out. Don't they go to work here? Don't they go every, every person (laughs) says to me, can't your son go work at Goodwill? Well, if he could just go work at Goodwill, I wouldn't be. <laughs> right. I mean, if it was really that easy, it was really that easy, like that there isn't a process and there isn't a standard for where you have to be intellectually, where you have to be mobility wise. And there is. So there's kind of like this cutoff 
you know, and a lot of it is, you know, like uh, intellectually being over a third grade level, you know, that gets you into life colleges and things like that, that can help okay. you a little bit under that. It, it doesn't, depending on your mobility issues, as well as medical issues that kind of intertwine with mobility issues can become a severe problem too. So if you watched, um, it was the last week, the week before last, we wrapped up our employment segment and I had some phenomenal guests on. I had one girl on, I believe she's up in upstate like New Hampshire. Um, she's been on over 230 interviews. She has her master's degree in psychology and she is just spina bifida, wheelchair bound, needs a caregiver so that she can get her personal cares done, all of that and cannot find a job. You know, wow. I mean, people have education, you know, so I used to So you can't that, even use the, oh, we're not educated. No, no, that's, right, that's not right. even so, a reason. And I used to think it was the other way. I used to think, oh, well, if you're, you know, more intellectually impaired, then that would probably give you less of an opportunity for employment. But, but no, it's really across the board. So many that are, that utilize a wheelchair, you know, say to me, the minute they walk into an interview, the minute that the person learns, it's like the interview is over before it ever even starts. Mm. It doesn't matter their talents that they bring to the table. So, you know, this huge employment issue, but then what happens is everybody's sitting at home, right? And then they're not moving. And then that's Dr. Barry when they're coming to see you, right? Because now they have, they, they can't walk good. They have obesity. They're, you know, cholesterol and triglycerides are all over the board. So, you know, my campaign to, you know, obviously all the state insurances and whatnot, save yourself some money because in the long run, all those young adults that are sitting at home are going to become sick young adults yes. if they weren't already sick um, by not having opportunity, you know, and then we look at employment, it's great. They all want to integrate, you know, everybody should have the opportunity for employment and that's great in a perfect world. But in our world, what you have to look at is that you can't make anyone want to employ those who have different abilities. And so no matter, right now, the... in the United States, they were like giving out like up to $400,000 for people who can come up with ideas, you know, um, for different ideas for employers to employ the disabled. Uh, But again, I, I just, I regress back to you cannot make somebody Right. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do what they want to do regardless, right? Regardless yeah. of the rules, regardless of the their setup, you know. Regardless, if they're gonna just say, ah, you know, no, no, thank you. It's, it's too much. It's too much liability. It's too much work. It's too much processing. Even if someone's gonna pay their wage, it, it's just it's this this circle, and that's where I say, parents, you want to start at like fourteen. You need to think about where you where you are financially, mm-hmm. because what I can tell you is in my pool. Of friends, I have moms that have their PhDs, have their master's degrees, had six-figure income jobs that now, you know, they have the the, um, the son or the daughter that has severe autism, behavioral management issues, whatnot, and there's not a place within 500 miles, you yep. know, a thousand miles that they can find services. Um, and so what is what happens then? You're, you're obviously retiring. Yeah, you, know, it, you have no choice. Right. Because there is, there is nowhere else to be. So, you know, and that was um, that news article. Did you see that that came out about that boy? Um, I knew it state that was in, but that um, he does have autism, but his behaviors and um, he was like lashing out. He was harming his siblings and his mom and they put him in jail. Oh, no. Wow. Okay, so when you read the story, I know like the headline sounds like, oh, they put him in jail. But basically, long story short, is the state that he lives in has no accommodations. Like there is no facilities for him to go to that provide the level of care he needs. And the hospital for insurance purposes no longer could keep him. So the only way to keep him safe and his family safe was to put him there. Now, it's completely an inappropriate place for him to be. But there is no other place. No other place, wow. You know, um, so I just say, you know, if you if you have um, a young child, you know, I know a lot of times when we're in that, that birth to seven, we're still in the hurricane <laughs> of all the things we're learning. <laughs> you know, but as we get into those teen years, I wish I would have started 
you know, he had all these other surgeries and medical complications. I'm like, okay, this is all going to work out. I'm going to figure it out. And, um, I'm to the point now, like I told you this week, we're, we're going to our state capital to campaign because our agencies need more money. You know, I mean, there's just, there's not enough opportunity. There's not enough services. There's not enough community involvement. You know, there's not enough places for these young adults to go. So our voices need to change that. And, and I love, and I love that you segue that, especially because you talk about the, the lack of a voice, right? Where voices are needed, right? Again, you have a state where there's no services needed. Clearly there wasn't enough voices. Hey guys, like this may come up, right? Like I think we should be prepared in case this happens. And unfortunately when we're not in the room, right? When we're not voicing our concerns, when we're not being that advocate that we need uh, to be, right? For those who need us to be their advocate, right? Things like that happen. Um, again, I have, uh, I'm in South Florida. My brother's in, uh, North, he was in North Florida, right? The state capital of uh, Florida, right? He's in Tallahassee. And the amount of services that we had down here compared to the amount of services that he didn't have up there was astonishing. I'm like, wow, that's the state capital. And if right. they're sparse at the state capitol, like I can only imagine if you go Central Florida or West Florida, where you definitely don't have the city life, you definitely don't have the universities, you definitely don't have all of the voices that are kind of marching and championing and say like, oh, we need this kind of thing in our local community. Right, right. And I say too, as I advocate, because obviously, you know, I do talk a lot about young adults and kids and all of that. But, you know, I do many segments on our aging loved ones. And that's something I just talked about in another segment. Really, for your aging loved ones, you might want to retire somewhere. And yes, Florida is awesome (laughs) for weather because Wisconsin's not, you know, and, you know, Arizona is nicer. But you need to see your loved one, your young adults, where are their healthcare needs and know if there's wait lists and know if, Mm -hmm. if their hospitals really serve what your aging loved one needs because sometimes you move for weather or you move for you know what i'm saying different reasons and then you get there i don't know how many parents have done that and even for school oh i moved here for the school but i didn't realize that they don't have any other services exactly oh gosh you know that, so almost, did- almost like a rude awakening like whoa okay i guess we need to <laughs> rethink rethink that decision Right, right. You know, and so, you know, here in Wisconsin, though, we're very, um, we're very cold. It's not nice. We have sleet and ice right now tonight. <laughs> as, as, a, as a born Floridian, uh, just the thought of that just ah, it gives, it gives yeah, me some chills. So, like every other day, but we are one of the only states that um, after the age of 18, um, we have services and supports where people can kind of manage their care. Adults can pay themselves. It's not very much, you know, but in a lot of states, they don't even have that opportunity. So they can use those funds. Like, let's say you have to stay home with your young adult or your aging loved one or whoever that is disabled. You can pay yourself at least some wage as the caregiver. Or in a lot of states, they don't allow you you know, to oh, do, wow. so, you know, the more that I talk and that I would say for the on-air advocate as a platform, which, you know, obviously how I met you and all of that is, you know, you only know what you know, right? And you don't know what you don't know. And if you're only in your state and you might be the best advocate in the world in your state gathering this information, if you stay in that box and you don't start to look outside of that, oh, what does that state offer for, you know, insurance mm-hmm. services, providers, what do they do well? Um, you, you know, you're just going to be here and there's not going to be global change, you know, because every state does something better, a little bit better than the sure, other, sure. you know? Um, and so really picking out then as your young adult ages or your aging loved one ages, what do they really need? You know, what are, what are the reasons you'd move if you ever would, you know? Um, but definitely things people don't think about. So like when he was 14, I wasn't thinking about that. <laughs> right, right, because it, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a forethought. It wasn't something that like immediately popped up, so you wouldn't have uh, yeah, even, I even wasn't thinking. But now that's where I say parent mapping, parent mapping. Start early, start early, start really thinking about these things and really financially thinking about where you're at, because that's what it ultimately comes down to, right? I mean, 
if they're home, you you have to being prepared. Really being prepared for uh, a moment that you know is going to happen. Right, and you don't believe that it is, but it really is. Mm. You know, you don't believe it's as bad as it is until (laughs) you're there and you're like, oh. This is crazy. I mean, this I is drive, crazy. Yes, <laughs> really. That's what it is. You're like, wow. This is this is wild. I didn't realize this happened. Right. I mean, right now I drive a hundred miles for my son to work two hours a week. A hundred wow. miles. Wow. Work two hours a week, and what? And really, we're not. I don't care about obviously the money aspect of that. But okay, so you've made maybe after taxes what eleven dollars or twelve dollars. And you've driven a hundred miles, give him that feeling of some kind of self-worth, right? I mean, because those are the opportunities. Right. That's what's available. So when I say lack of, you know, um, there's really a lack of. And and I think it's it's even kind of segue into it. And we, we kind of, you kind of mentioned how we first met. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's talk about the on-air advocate, right? Like, let's talk about when when you were kind of gathering around, especially in the beginning stage, and say, you know what, like something something needs to occur. I'm going to have to make some lifestyle changes, and and I think a platform like the On Air Advocate is the way to go. So, what made that? How how did that all that process start? Yes, yes. Okay, I'm, I'm nosy. So I, I'm nosy. I want to know. Going to make it into. So I started this and these names, and then people were like, "That's not a good name. That's not a good name." <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm just going to call it. I mean, I, I have other businesses. I'm like, I'll figure it out. I'm going to call a name. And then I was thinking, oh, I'm going to start my platform, you know, also with a book. And I'm going to get this book done about my years as a caregiver and, you know, my two decades and all this. And then I'm like, I'm really not a writer. I mean, I, I could write, but I'm really not. I'm a talker, <laughs> not as much a writer. And then I'm like, well, how is that going to get me to my ultimate goal of meeting all these people and getting the information and the data I need to ever create change, you know, globally? So how is that going to happen? And what is that going to look like? So podcasting really just kind of had ignited, you know, like two and a half, three years ago. It just kind of, you know, where lots more people started doing it. You know, and so I started out that I was going to have it as an individual platform where I was just going to talk about subjects. So if you listen and you go back to the early days of the honor advocate, (laughs) it was like, I think the first four or five episodes was just me talking. So personal experiences, things that happened. Um, But then I brought myself back to that mission of how am I going to cover all of these health conditions and topics and really get people the information that they need by just being my thoughts. Because really those are just my thoughts. And though I mean, I, I think that I have a lot of valuable information to teach people over time. I think that, and we could go back to um, some of the most, um, uh, I'm at a loss for words right now, some of the most inspirational people in the world, people who have really touched us, mentors in the world, will tell you, you know, only greatness happens when we all work together, right? right. You know, like we all come together and we're not this whole, it's all, it, it's, it's me, you know, it's a we in the things that we do. And so I started out with a few people right here that I knew in subjects I wanted to touch on. So one of them was a very good friend of mine that has one of the rarest forms of Graves disease. So it was more of an adult topic, you know, and then bridging into really talking about that. And I couldn't even believe how many people after that episode reached out that have thyroid issues, who have been misdiagnosed, you know. And so that just grew to me looking at, okay, I need to section this. It can't be thyroid this day, CP this day, you know. I feel like that was too hard for people to, you know, it's follow and you're following a feed and you're following podcasts that way. So I started making more of a series of finding the topics that I was going to cover and then putting people into those categories and those slots. And I feel like everyone that I have met on this journey, if they're kind of in the circle of podcasting and doing that, they ask me, they're like, you know, sometimes it's really hard to find content to find the right people, to find mm-hmm. the right fit. Like, where do you find all these people? Intellectual <laughs> community, I can tell you, every time I see some of the guests she has, I'm like, wow, how'd she get that guest? Like, I'm always, like, amazed, uh, especially because obviously in the learning community, we typically uh, have, you know, professionals and health professionals. But, like, I definitely want to get to the point where, like, I'm really talking to patients 
and you know people who and I hate to call them patients, but really people who are have dealing with the disorder I'm talking about, right? Like, because I really I want to get their firsthand account. Because again, as me as a physician, and as I, I remember recently when I when I broke my fibula, you know, shout out to my my little my little son for causing that to happen. And I remember being in the patient side of things and saying, like, wow, wow, this is a very different perspective. Like now I'm not the doctor, I'm the patient. Right. Like now I'm the one going to doctor's appointments. I'm the one filling prescriptions. I'm the one dealing with the pain and discomfort and and having to deal with things that were normally daily activities of daily living that I couldn't do anymore. And and it it opened up my eyes so much that like now, even when I take care of patients now and they have a lower leg injury and I know I already know this field like, hey, you're going to be out for like six to eight weeks. And after your six to eight weeks, you're going to want to put your foot on the ground. It's going to hurt a lot. Like, and like just kind of school them and saying like, hey, I was there and I could see that connection I get, right? When I tell a patient like, oh, I had that same type of injury. And, and while they hear me talking, they understand, like, okay, all right. And, and if he if he's walking around, I know I'm going to be fine. Uh, right. So I, I always, I love your guests because I'm like, wow, how'd you get, wow, how'd she, how'd she get a guess with that? Like, especially some of the disorders that she has on there. I'm like, wow, how'd she find someone who had that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, you know, and so I've told everyone and within being in other businesses, like I, you know, people have given me the label, like you're a serial entrepreneur. I don't, I don't know. That's a new term that's come out. I've always felt like I'm a mompreneur. I don't know what I am, but, um, to speak to that, I, I have to tell people it's, it, it's God. And I know that that's, that's crazy. And I know that for, you know, some that that maybe isn't the space that they're in, you know what I'm saying? In their spiritual life. Um, they're like, really? Like that, that happens. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I had on like one person, like that first 10, 10 episodes I had on like one person that then told another person, that then sent it to another person, that then emailed another person, that another person saw it. And, you know, unless I really want something to fit like, just like um, very in sync with uh, a series and I want this certain person on that I'm having a series, but I feel like this person would really round off the series that I might reach out to somebody. I don't, I don't, I don't really even reach out. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. And so I'm very, very blessed. And that lets me know too, that I am in the right space. Yes. You know what I'm saying? He, he brings it, he brings it to me. And you know what I've always said with honor advocate, like I was talking about my community work before this platform on the honor advocate is not for me to monetize on my interviews. It's not for me to extract from that. Yes. In the future, there might be a few online courses you can take. There might be a book, you know, that you can have, but the interview platform that I have will always be what it is where you can go and you can get this content and you can sync up with somebody and be like, Oh my gosh, they have the same condition as I have, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I can make that connection. And the more people I meet, I'm at, I'm on episode like 170 now, you know, I mean, congratulations, congratulations. <laughs> on those, those amount of people, you know, that you meet, it's so much better. I mean, even with you, Dr. Barry, I've had so many people, I'm like, you know what men's health, you know, Andy Riggs, he runs our Mental Health Mondays. He is a great radio, um, he's on a radio station here. He's a radio announcer. I'm like, you need to talk to Dr. Barry because <laughs> you both are very passionate about men's health. Yes. Um, and um, I, I just, I think that for whatever, I mean, for the reason of um, being able to, to do that, I mean, I just think that God has blessed me with having the people on. So there isn't any special like recipe. That <laughs> it, it just, it just happens. And honestly, sometimes that's, that's the way it goes, right? It's when, right. You're, when you're, when you're kind of walking in your purpose, right? And that's what I, when I see, when I, when I watch you and I see, and I see your posts and I see, and I see the people you touch and I see the people that you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're reaching out. I say, you know, the, when a person's walking in their purpose, right? Sometimes things just happen. And, like them trying to explain it would have them sound kind of crazy. So they just like, Hey, it's just, that's, that's what, that's just what it is. 
it just is here. And, you know, as um, I, I reach out further, so, you know, I just had um, Doa, she was from the UK, she's on, she was on my employment series, but, you know, she was referred to watch from another another girl who also has some of the same issues that they're friends in California. So that, that had found me, you know, mm-hmm. and she introduced me to somebody, you know, from the UK and she was just on the show. And now that brings more presence to the UK and hopefully to get more people from that area, you know, on the show. So, yep. you know, with all of it, um, I'm just, I'm just extremely blessed. And I'm extremely thankful that those people are willing to share their stories with me. Yes. You no, know, and so um, I never take that for granted because for somebody to come on, it's extremely brave, you know, for them to tell their story, um, empowering others, but to be open enough to to be to bless me with their story. Yes. You no, know, and I have this group. Um, after this last employment series I did, I said, you know what, all of my like twenty one to twenty five year olds, there are so many inspiring ones that I that I interview. I'm like, you guys all need to be on together. Because I feel like if we want to make a difference for employment for those who have mobility issues, if we want to make change, having them all advocate together on one podcast, you know what I'm saying, shakes things up a lot more sometimes than that individual, the power of all of them together and their voices. Um, But I'm telling you, Dr. Barry, there's a whole list of them that have brought me to tears. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I was going to ask that too, especially when, you know, being 170 plus episodes in, uh, do you have favorite moments or is it just like the collective message that's been occurring uh, has been like a, a very a good highlight for you? Um, I would say, I mean, part of it is that collective message. I would say that there are, there are individuals,�����������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������
there's no way you can feel happy for yourself, right? There's right. no way you can live a, a happy and joyous life, right? You know, full of richness, right? Spiritual, mental, and and still turn that around and say, no, I'm going to do that. And there's nothing you can do about it. Um, it's, it's definitely an amazing thing to see. It is. There is um, Pete's, it's a, it's a company called Pete's Diary. Okay. And so for Pete's Diary, um, they have this whole platform, him and his mom go to schools, talk about, you know, bullying, talk about differences within all of us. But he has a rare, he, he's in that rare disease category. He's had, I think he's on surgery 40. He's had 40 surgeries. Wow. Okay. And I, th- I think he just turned 19, but in one of his segments, he teaches the kids cause he has an ear that comes off a magnetic ear and he's just, he's so open about it. And so, you know, what he tries to create in schools and when he talks about his conditions is that, you know, kind of getting rid of that stigma and taking away that worry. Like you don't need to worry anymore, you know, about that. I'm different. Cause I'm going to show you how different I am. And that's yes. cool. I love it. Um, But he is a musician uh, and he, he plays with bands, you know, across the United States. He he is, he is a rock star. So he has, his tagline is rock your life. Um, But just in doing that, the whole like taking the air, I mean, he did a segment with that. You guys need to go back and watch it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's that's, that's another one we're going to add to the show notes. I got (laughs) to. I got a whole, I got a whole list. Of, I got a whole list of names for you of the, of all of them that all are the ones just, we need to see. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah. But I mean, you need to see all of them actually. So just go starting out and halfway through a year, I mean, 170 days, we took one every day. And Lunch Learning Community, this is definitely a podcast. If if you're listening to a a podcast like this, that means you want to be empowered. You want to empower others, right? You have family members you want to empower this is a podcast on your iPad. This podcast you definitely need to follow, definitely subscribe, definitely leave five stars on Apple Podcasts uh, because it is one of those things that you know it, it drives you right. Again, I'm a podcaster and I love listening to podcasts that help get me motivated. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I, I, I like this. We're ready to go. No, so you know, I would say that um, there's just there's been there's been so many and you know really our whole mission is you know, to support, educate, and empower all of those with different abilities, mental and medical illnesses, and then support their caregivers. Because within all of this, some of the individuals that um, have been on the show, they're caring for themselves. They're kind of like the person who has the chronic illness, but they're their own caregiver. Mm. And then, you know, so I don't ever like to discredit discredit that because sometimes people think of caregiver well then you know you're caring for someone which does happen but it's also sometimes that you may have the chronic illness but you're you're so you're you're, you're the one responsible for for making your doctor appointments for taking care of yourself and so that's a big a big load so you know, we kind of try to talk about all areas, you know, of that. But um, if I've learned anything this year, you know, is you need to, or this last year in 2019, is that you really need to be caring for the caregiver as well. So if you're in that, if you are in that position, like you're caring for someone or, you know, even yourself, I mean, you need to be have, you know, um, patience and grace with yourself if you're the one with the chronic illness and you're your caregiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine just that like you right. know people have, having, a- yeah having to deal with all of the the structural issues that are in front of you as well as deal with the internal issues that you have to deal with yourself right like that's just a kind of double whammy right uh, right de- definitely an ama- amazing hat and again i, I love it because again it's it's one of those things again we stress on here all the time empower yourself better health empower yourself better health right and understanding that like hey caregivers we are looking out for you Right, whether you're the one looking out for yourself or you're looking out for others, uh, we recognize the level of strength that is needed to do so, and, and that's what I love. I, I, again, there's there's so much about you, Tammy, that I love uh, that you do, right? But like, I I love that it always comes back, right, to like you know, love, empowerment, getting better, right, and not allowing someone who uh, society may consider as being different, right? Allow that to say like, no, you, no, this person deserves just as much care, just as much love, right? And just as much a fight for uh, than everyone else. Right. And celebrating our differences, you know? I mean, I just think it's the coolest thing in the world when, 
you know, individuals come on and they're, they have looking at the glass half full all the time mm-hmm. and they're able to show those things. And, you know, it, it kind of cuts down on any one, you know, having those questions in their head. If you just answer all the questions right up front, there are no questions, you know, when it comes to conditions. And mm-hmm. so I like to empower people. If you're not in that space, you need to listen. Um, I was just talking to a woman today that we're, um, we're having some new employment opportunities that we're trying to get going in my county that I live in. And I told her, because I run an adult group here in our county for all adults and their families with different abilities. And I said, you know what, maybe you just want to come and sit in. Maybe you want to come in and sit in on the group and just listen. Because if you haven't come from that perspective before, but you're going to be working with this population, just listen. Right. Just listen. Because we have so many um, mistaken conceptions about things that happen. Like I was talking about that everybody just graduates and goes and works at goodwill. I mean, it, it, that doesn't happen. Like people really think that, like people think they, like the jobs are just open. It's, oh, here you go. Mm-hmm, they do. And you know, because in my other world that I work in, I'm in the business world, right? I'm in the business world that really doesn't touch a lot of this different ability world. And, Every business person I work with, well, isn't there this agency? Isn't there this? Isn't there the United Cerebral Palsy? Isn't there, you know? Right. Okay. Did, did you all think that that half a million people, you know, or, or two million people just all go to the same? Isn't Easter Seals, doesn't Easter Seals do something like that? And, you know, I just look at them like, again, I have been an entrepreneur since I've been 15 years old. Do you think that I would put myself in these positions, you know, business wise, financially wise, if there was some easy answer like that. Right. You know, I mean, for, for myself or for anyone, we wouldn't be doing it. You know, we would be finding a better way because we're smart enough to find a better way. Right. And logically you think that those opportunities are there, but so I feel like if nothing else um, during this journey, it's been very enlightening. I learn from others, <laughs> you know, every day on my, on my show. And I definitely share that with others to kind of, you know, stamp out like, okay, this isn't really what happens or this condition. Right. You need to listen to this podcast because yeah. this. <laughs> and, and again, I remember, um, you know, when I, when I became an autism dad and and then I'm doing, and again, I'm here. I am. I'm a physician. I'm an autism dad now and not realizing just the level of services, uh, you know, that were, that I thought were available, that made sense to be available, that weren't, right? For example, uh, those who may not know, you can go, right, fall off a tree, break your arm, you can get occupational therapy, your insurance covers it. But for some reason, when my autistic, autistic daughter needs occupational therapy, they don't cover it. And I'm like, that makes absolutely no sense in the world. <laughs> like, like it's to the point where I have to like say, okay, all right, I have autistic daughter. Does your rehab cover this? Like, will occupational, th- like it's, and it's just one of those things where, again, I break my arm, boom, occupational therapy. I break my hip, occupational, no problem. My daughter who is autistic, who needs occupational therapy, who needs play therapy, who needs like these services. Oh no, I'm sorry. You got to pay that on your own. Right. And again, fortunately I'm a physician, right? So that, that isn't a rate limiting step, but realizing like, oh, wow, this is going to be a rate limiting step for a lot of different families. Right. Right. Like, like it's a, and, and this is, and that's like the norm. Like it's actually the norm to have services that don't cover like, oh no, no, we, yeah, we'll cover it for this, but we won't cover it for that. Uh, so it, it's definitely been very eye opening. Right. Uh, and don't you think myself. because you're a doctor, don't you think that it's even more eye-opening that like, you know how to advocate, right? You mm-hmm. know how you're supposed to talk to the insurance company. Myself, I know how to be an advocate, but it, it doesn't, you can advocate all you want. It, you know what I'm saying? It, if, it, if it's not in the terms, if it's not in the writing, like I always say, like yep. after the age of 21, it all goes to in eligibility services, not entitlement services. You mm-hmm. know, like within our schools and the things that we do, it is all by eligibility, you know, and they have the right to deny you versus being entitled to those services, you know? And so I, you know, so many people look at doctors and they say, you know how to write it. You know how much you need to put down. It's, it's not like that. (laughs) Uh, My my wife tells the story all the time, even before we can get the services, needing someone to say, oh yes, I think the diagnosis of autism is it. Then you can start, you, you couldn't even start the services unless a physician wrote like, oh no, this is the diagnosis. But again, which is crazy because the, the services are there, 
uh, what limited services there are, uh, but not being able to even get those uh, because a certain diagnosis wasn't written down. Just again, so many things you learn when you're on the side of having to take care of people and be that caregiver of someone else. Um, and I think that's why it's so, such an eye-opening experience. Again, that's why I love uh, everything that you do on your end, right? Because you continue to highlight, you know, like, hey, this this is happening. Hey, this is real. Uh, right. Again, stuff I read in my, the, my, my medical book, right? And you'll have a guess who has it. I'm like, whoa. Okay. All right. It's just, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, oh, I haven't read all that in a while. Now, now, I, now I need to go read on that uh, because I haven't read it in a while. Uh, so, okay, let me go back. All right. Let me, let me, let me educate myself. Let me get myself together. And, and then seeing a person who's living through uh, that process instead of me just reading in a book and hearing their life perspective is, uh, you know, been such an amazing aspect of it. And again, that's why we love uh, what we do here. Like I said, I've been a guest on your podcast. My wife has been a guest on your podcast. I've had friends who've been guests on like, I'm like, hey, no, this is a person. Like, like it's, uh, I, I love being able to like send people to you to say like, no, 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 this is where you, you need to, you know, display your voice, right? Because, you know, she has a vehicle of people listening to her that want to hear from people like us, especially uh, in the health professional world. And mental health yeah. world, like, it's just an amazing thing. Yes. And I think that you have to be open, too, to put things out there. Um, I know that I was just talking to you about um, your wonderful wife being back on again for um, our autism month in April, but and which is going to happen again this April as well. But what I found is, is that you have to be open to putting on everything. So sometimes there is some things that I put on that people are a little controversial about. Mm-hmm. And my, my whole stand on that is this is here to educate. Like you, you extract from it what you want. You know what I'm saying? You extract, this is to extract knowledge and educate yourself. Take the little pieces of maybe what somebody says in the interview that are valuable to you and use those to grow. Right. And my, my wife being an autism advocate, like, and she's, she's probably like, I think seven, she's seven episodes in and she's already, when she posts uh, a guest who has it, like, she already feels it. She already sees it. I'm like, yeah, that's what happens. Right. It's, it's, it's not a, <laughs> this, this is what happens when people disagree. They're going to let you know they disagree. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> and especially on social media, you know, and so I, especially during autism months, which I did a whole separate in our private community. The Honor Advocate has a private community. I know a segment about that. I'm like, remember, this is all about us working together and having the open mind to mm-hmm. realize that everything doesn't have to be done in the, the same way. And your experience with one thing might be different than the next person's experience with it. And it might, you know, one might be negative, one might be positive. But I think in the space of chronic illness, the space of it being differently abled, you need to try those things. You need to try different things to ever find what works. I mean, think about the parents that go from doing regular medicine, right? That right. go to all naturopathic. Yep. Well, they got on that journey for a reason. They tried it this way. It wasn't a good fit for them. So now they're doing it this way. Does that mean that general medicine is bad? Nope. No. It just means that they found for their individual that they're caring for, that this was a better fit. And so I've had to kind of, um, over time, just reiterate that is that try to extract the pieces of it, you know, that you're, that are valuable to you, um, within any, like today, I mean, if anything to extract of, you know, by the age of 14, if you have a young, you know, a child that's going to become a young adult and they're going to probably need services the rest of their life, probably start thinking about it. I mean, if that's the only thing you get out of the- start, start, start thinking about that parent map now. Right. 18 is going to happen. Your child right. services are going to like fin- essentially finish mm-hmm. and you're going to be out kind of holding the back. Right. I did a segment in the private, um, in the private community and I am going to do a downloadable about it. It's going from pediatrician to adult physician. Mm. That's a whole nother, like, especially if you have multiple medical issues, that's a yeah. whole nother, like whirlwind, you know, yeah. her parents could go through that. I'm like, you need to start asking your doctor at the age of 16, some questions, when are they going to phase them out? How long are they going to keep them? Your specialist, do they do adult and kid? Will they be able to stay longer? Especially, mm-hmm. you know, like if you are someone, you know, like my son has, I think 14, 14 outside specialists. 
So, you know, the so, trans- so yeah, the transfer of health care uh, is yeah. huge. Going from pediatrician to adult care physician. So, and I think on my show, I mean, that is also a different perspective. Sometimes when your people are a host of something, they may be hosting it um, because they enjoy learning about it, um, but maybe haven't, you know, been impacted personally by it themselves. But being a caregiver, you know, I am a full-time caregiver every single day of my life. You know, I'm at the hospital four days a week. So the fact of seeing the medical side of things on a daily, you know, on a weekly basis mm-hmm. is something that's right in front of me. Um, and, you know, from the, the perspective of, you know, the schooling side of it and IEPs and all of that kind of stuff, you know, to be able to come at it. And like you were saying, the empathy part of it, huge. like if, if, if you have, if you have been there, you're like, oh, I know. <laughs> get yourself a towel or chocolate. <laughs> yes, get ready. So get get ready for all of, you know, these things. You know, what I am happy to see, though, um, which I don't know if you find as much value out of is how much more, though I think that social media sometimes and, you know, wonk wonk on some things, but how much more information has come out. I think, you know, my son's going to be 23. And when I used to look at things on websites, I mean, there wasn't like. Yeah, well, the, the information wasn't even there. Yeah. And, and now I think it's. Now, with more people being able to get a voice, you have more people being able to add to the conversation where a conversation was never even being had. Right. And on these type of platforms, as well as just content that you can print off, you know, content that you can go on and get like laws and conditions and how to walk through things. You know, we have one of our sites here, which I love. It's called Family Voices. Um, And they have like downloadables on everything. You know, they're a nonprofit, but, you know, if it comes to your, you know, you go by your state, you find your state, you find what kind of support services are there, you find, you know, if your child's going to need an IEP, what are the laws, what are this, that, you know, and I'm like, wow. Right. All there at a click of a button. <laughs> amazing, amazing. <laughs> so before I let you go, I need, I need, I need to be able to point people in your direction. Right, I need to be able to say like, no, this is how you follow. So let let's shoot out a list of uh, your 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 website, your social media tags, wherever you want people to kind of follow you along, so we can kind of follow and support your journey. Like, where where can people find you? Um, they can find all of the links to all of the social media and ever and the blog and all of that right on the main website, which is onairadvocate.com. So onairadvocate.com. Um, they can reach me on there as well. Obviously, there's a contact page um, that will go to my email, but my email is Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y at onairadvocate.com. Um, so either way, there is a private community. If you go to our Facebook page, which is, you know, on your advocate, you can go there, join, presses the blue button, I believe. Yes. Press the and, blue button. Can, can they get there from your uh, official website or do they have to go on Facebook to get to your private yes. page? Yes. There's all different things that lead you to the community as well there. And that's a space that if you, you know, had questions about something to post something, you'd be able to do that. That's more open, you know, a little bit more open conversation, learning about each other versus the regular main platform that is on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, all of it, when we do an interview, goes onto all of those platforms over time. And then it goes into a blog. It ends, it ends by the, being put into a blog. Um, at some point, you can kind of wrap back. I don't know what I was... I, you can wrap back around to all of the different services that way. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Right through any of those. I love yeah. it. I don't know if I lost myself within that. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. I, I definitely agree. And again, it's... So, Lunch, lunch learn community again she is uh when like i said you guys you know i when i pick out guests i i feel like like how can this guest help empower our community get our community to the next level i know there are lunch learn community members who have uh you know who are caregivers right uh, who have to take care of people with different abilities and it, it's amazing to know that we have people who are our voices who are championing uh, us to get to a better place uh, for everyone, not not just themselves. And Tammy is definitely one. And, you know, we were definitely appreciative. Again, Tammy, thank you for joining the Lunch Learning Community. 
Yes. I'm so excited to be here. I thank you so, so much. Um, and I want to say that if there's anybody that's listening today and you feel like you have some value to add to any interview, you know, to share with our population, make sure that you send us. Yes. Please, please join. And again, I think if you just look at, you know, some of her guests, you're going to know that there's love, right? There's, there's richness. There's, there's, there's a spirit about her conversations uh, that make it so much easier. So you'll, you'll, you'll definitely enjoy it and have a good old time. <laughs> All right. Thanks guys so much. I really appreciate being on. Thank you for coming to the end of the episode. It is your truly Dr. Barry Pierre. I want to give my undying thanks to you for your support. Just getting to the end of the episode means that you at least enjoyed today's episode. Hope you were empowered by today's episode. Please remember to share this episode with at least two people that you know that would be greatly affected if they did not listen to today's episode and if you have not already done so subscribe to the podcast leave us a five-star review especially on apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review leave a review there because your support is so 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 valuable for what we're doing here on the lynch learn and everything with pierre medical consulting and if you have not done so go ahead and join the listserv to join the listserv is very easy just grab your phone right now i'll pause join the listserv you want to text lunch learn pod this is all gonna be one word lunch learn pod to 44222 and you'll be on the listserv you'll know exactly when new episodes are coming out you'll know about new episodes before they actually come out because i usually tell my listserv members hey this is what i'm working on this is the guests that you should expect to hear for the week on Thanks, guys. You have a blessed day, and I'm going to see you guys next week.